0: dependency on young players mean young players need to be dependable and step up i'll talk about that and get specific in just a second here on locked on jaguars you are locked on jaguars your daily jacksonville jaguars podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Thank you for joining me, Tony Wiggins, your host of the Locked On Jaguars podcast, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, and we appreciate you making us your first listen because it's your team every day. Also, a reminder that you can subscribe for free on our YouTube page at Locked On Jaguars. Make sure you like, hit that like button and listen uh, wherever you get your podcast on an audio and make sure that you check us out every single day wherever you get. Your podcast. What's going on? There's been so much talk about the Jaguars direction, their lack of activity and free agency, and how much they're going to depend on the development of young players in order to lift the franchise. Now, are we um over the fact that I am, I'm over the fact that the team did not decide to retain Juwan Taylor. Um, and they've pretty much retained everyone else. We got to move past it. I'm good, I disagree with it, but let's just take it for what it's worth and move on and press on right now. I'm not totally against the way the Jaguars are moving. In fact, a lot of the things that the Jaguars are saying now through Doug Peterson and through, um, general manager, Trent balky are things that I've always said and I've always agreed with about building through the draft. Uh, I think the team that did this the best throughout history, there are, there are three teams that I think of that come to mind. It was the Steel Curtain. I'm sorry I'm, I'm dating myself here, but the Steel Curtain of the 70s with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the San Francisco 49ers under Bill Walsh, did a very good job at that, and then the Dallas Cowboys in the 90s under Jimmy Johnson. There have been other teams along the way, of course. You can talk about the Patriots. But I think those teams, they really, really did a good job of building through the draft where when they won multiple Super Bowls, there was a bunch of people that were on the stage or people that they picked themselves. They did a real good job of developing guys and understanding who fit their system. A lot of times those guys, especially the ones in Dallas, they left and went to other places. And they did not have the same success following them because one of the reasons is they probably didn't have uh, the same plan and they weren't being used the same way. So the plan is is very important. I saw a tweet yesterday by a good friend of mine that says, if you've got a quarterback, you got a coach, you got a front office, you're pretty much on your way. And I agree with that because the front office and the coach, they're going to set the course for uh, the football team. And it all centers around having that franchise quarterback that you can count on at the most important position. And that's where the Jaguars are. So I don't knock it and I'm all in on it. And it's my job here to to sort of navigate you through and explain exactly uh, what that really means and, and why it means some important things. If the Jaguars get to the point in the future, like we think they were there now with, um, having to choose who to franchise tag whether it's evan ingram or juan taylor i personally don't think they would have franchised Juwan taylor anyway because if they were they would have done it and would have just taken their chances or just go ahead and give evan ingram a real good deal and be done with it sometimes you have to ask yourself is it worth negotiating but in my opinion they just knew the market was going to be too much and they were going to just let him go and they were going to move forward and having walk a little makes that possible now they hope to replenish uh, their offensive line and probably are not out on drafting an offensive lineman if the right person of value falls to them however i think that will be determined determined by basically uh, how high these guys are on their board when it's time for them to pick at 24 so we're going to get into the names of the players that have to step up Initially, you think, okay, it's just Trevor Lawrence. Well, Doug says that Trevor is going to take another step, and he is. As brilliant as he was down the stretch last year, that's his starting point now, okay? He's not coming off of a bad rookie year anymore. He doesn't need to be uh, shown how to just relax. And he had some growing pains last year throwing some picks, and when games got down and causing some turnovers early in some games that they lost, but by the end of the year, whatever mistake he made, In games, he was more than capable of bringing this team back. So there's nothing more important than the experience that he got in doing that. I think Trayvon Walker, now that he understands and sees exactly, you know, what what makes the machine go and what that is, is getting people off the field on third down. If I know him like I think I know him and, and you know, we ain't friends, but I've talked to him more on on multiple occasions and talked to people that know what makes him tick, I think Trayvon Walker is going to do everything he can to be at least an eight, eight and a half sack guy his second year and be someone who causes a lot of pressure. So those two guys, it's obvious because the quarterback and then by Doug Peterson saying it's the pass rush, those two guys, it's obvious that they are going to uh, need elevation and be raised up now. The people I want to talk to are what are sometimes affectionately known as the others. Now, these aren't your serious, serious role players. These are also guys that the Jaguars really, really need that play premium positions that and, and or have been you premium draft picks have been used on them that have to really, really step up. I'm going to in the third segment. I'm going to uh we're going to really, really answer this question or uh, we're going to throw the question out there is how much more improvement does Travis Etienne need Um, because there's something happening in playoffs that we never got an answer about so I'll figure that out I'll I'll try to figure out how to bring all of that out here today but we're going to focus on Devin Lloyd Luke Fortner those are two guys that have to even though Luke Fortner did okay last year hopefully we'll see that he's gotten stronger you don't get stronger during the season you have to improve those things in the off season. And he usually takes m- multiple off seasons in order to, you know, you got to think the guys you're going against they're with lifting weights too, but to add some functional strength, just a little bit to his, his technical ability. And then Devin Lloyd, we're going to talk about Devin Lloyd. He just, he can't, I'm going to give him a little bit of a mulligan in the second segment. And it's where you, you just can't have people looking at you side. eye like, what are you doing? And And I think too many times, That happened last year. I'll tell you all about it here, just a second on Locked On Jaguars. After I let you know about today's sponsor, and that is FanDuel. FanDuel, man, they are absolutely the truth, and I'm glad to have FanDuel as someone that I talk about here on the show because I've been using FanDuel for years now. The tournament, the tournament is now heated up to the point where there's a Final Four, and there's no better place to get on in on the action than FanDuel, which is America's number one sports book. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back to you in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from Moneyline to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net all on an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use. So don't miss... Your shot at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to fanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. We are glad to have you along again, as I said, here on Locked On Jaguars. We're your team every day, and we appreciate you making us your first listen. I am Tony Wiggins, the host of the Locked On Jaguars podcast. If you're new here, welcome to Duval. If you're looking on YouTube, you can see my background of the beautiful Jacksonville skyline. In fact, I live not to, if you follow my finger, if you go that way, about 100 feet, I live from that bridge. But in any event, y'all don't want to know where I live. You want to know, I want to know where your faith in the players that the Jaguars have drafted recently. Where does that faith reside? And the reason why that's so important is because It has been made known and it has now manifested itself that this team is going to depend a lot on young players, guys that have been drafted. They have to develop. So you're sending a bunch of second and third year guys and a group of rookies, and you're telling them to stare down the gun barrel at Joe Burrow and Josh Allen and, of course, Patrick Mahomes. And you're telling them that they got to go out and take people's lunch money from them. A bunch of young guys are absolutely always ready to do that, by the way. They're always ready for a challenge. My first challenge goes out to Devin Lloyd. What's the deal? Okay, Uh, the mulligan that I said I was going to give Devin Lloyd about his performance is in the first two or three weeks, you saw exactly why the Jaguars drafted Devin Lloyd, and you saw exactly what Devin Lloyd brings to the table with his athleticism, his size, um, there are a lot of people that thinks he needs to be a Sam or a rush in. I don't necessarily believe that, but he is a bit of a tweener. He he does have a certain skill set and a certain body shape that makes you go. He's just a football player that has to learn the nuances of one thing, and it's almost very very similar to the Miles Jack situation when Miles Jack first came into the league and the team knew he was athletic, but they just didn't know exactly where it was that they wanted to play in, and by moving them to multiple positions over a lot of years it ended up with miles being a guy without a home and of course that ended up with miles actually not being here anymore after signing a, a big contract extension so uh and i believe somebody told me he got freed freed up recently here again so do we want to get into that situation where we start moving the guy around too much and you don't ever let him become a master of one thing? I don't think that's a good idea. I think something that Doug Peterson said last year, as the team was showing improvement but was still losing, he said, gotta get guys in the right spot. They better figure that out in training camp this year. Because I agree, you got to get guys in the right spot. I just don't think you need to be trying to figure it out during the season while the team is losing because then it feels like you don't have your finger on the pulse of the team. So in terms of Devin Lloyd, the mulligan I'm going to give him is he, he had a real bad hamstring injury in camp last year. He missed most of training camp. I think he played all of maybe a little bit of a preseason game and maybe he didn't even play that. And then they put him out there and he saw an instant difference because He's not, you know, he's he's just reacting. He's playing football. He's done what he's done his entire life. And then there was somebody that I talked to around the league that told me after the Jaguars were 2-1, and one, they said, next week's game, this is when things start to change for the rookies. And I was like, why? He said, because now teams have tape, and now they'll start doing things that, that might hinder the way guys play when they're on tape. And I'll be, you know what, that's exactly what happened because – All of these rookies just seemed like they hit a little bit of a wall and stopped playing well, with the exception of Travis Etienne. But it happened to Trevor, it happened to Devin Lloyd, and it happened to Trayvon Walker. Even in Walker's case, there may have been a little frustration because he got a couple of penalties during the Jaguars losing streak. And two of them probably cost him two games. And it's a learning experience that he had to learn from. Fortunately for him, the team regrouped, and they ended up making the playoffs. But, and his play... Improved, he was playing really, really well. The game he got hurt, I think, was the best game he had all year, and that was a game in Tennessee against the Titans. So, I do believe that Devin Lloyd has the potential if he has a full camp and he stays injury free to learn a lot, and I think he's going to learn that from Foya Louicon if he just pays attention and listens and gets coached up on what his specific role is. And he probably was doing that last year too, but if you're somewhere on a bicycle or maybe not even on a bicycle because he had a hamstring injury, but if you're somewhere rehabbing, man, there's nothing like those live reps in practice. And if you were at a Jaguars practice, and I don't think very many people were, but if you attended the practice, I know a lot of the media guys and we were standing there, they had some intense sessions. And in those sessions, Devin Lloyd really wasn't a part of it for the most part. With a full training camp, I have the confidence that he's going to play a little bit better uh, for Jacksonville. In terms of Luke Fortner, I have told y'all, and, and it's not even a running joke anymore. It is the truth. When I'm watching offensive linemen, either blocking somebody or he isn't, he's either pushing them back or they're pushing him. He's either holding or he isn't, or he dropped, or he moves too quickly and he got a penalty. Other than that, I'm not going to sit here and try to explain technique. And all of that stuff, I'm not. But I will tell you this, more than enough people that I trust have said, Luke Fortner needs to get stronger. And that's the case with a lot of people that come out of college. But with him, he's always, I believe, going to play the game in a more technical way than he is with power. But, you know, he'll get a little bit bigger. But over the years, he probably needs a little bit more functional strength in order to reach his full potential. There have been a lot of guys – that weren't strong, but they were technicians. And then as they got a little bit older and they were able to stay healthy, they got strong and and were able to have this functional strength at that position. He has a shot. He has a real shot to join guys like Brandon Linder and Brad Meester and Dave Waddell and all of these guys that were longtime fixtures at the center position for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And if I think that's really, really important for the line calls. And I think it's really, really important for the consistency that he can have with Trevor Lawrence. So um, wouldn't it be nice for those two guys to grow old together here in Jacksonville uh, with Luke Fortner staying healthy? You still like him to see just little baby steps and improvement. And actually, at some point, be the leader of that offensive line. I think he has the potential to do it. So maybe not this year does he start to lead the line the way kelsey does in in philadelphia but i'm pretty sure that at some point luke fortner is going to become the hoss up front i remember when brad meester was a baby i remember when brandon linder was a right guard and eventually eventually at some point they were able to take that next step and move forward and become a leader so critical importance for those two guys to improve there's one more guy that needs to improve we're going to hit him in segment three and we're going to discuss travis etn and the mystery of what happened in the fourth quarter of the kansas city game and we'll talk about that in just a second here on lockdown jaguars after i let you know that today's sponsor is Mm -hmm. built bar built bar march madness is out of control if you have watched any of these games you definitely know that they keep you glued to the television and if you don't know for sure who you're going to win You'll find out when the game is over, right? Same thing with the Built Bar March Madness com. The voting for the best bar is already started. Now I hope that churro is making it. The churro puff. I don't. I don't think the salty caramel is still there, but the churro puff and the the brownie puff. All of these things, they're there. Whatever your favorite Built Bar is, you can go to Built Bar to builtmarchmadness.com and vote you can vote every single day you don't have to vote one time and when you vote for your favorite puff you'll be entered into a tour drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of built not only that one locked on fan will receive a 12 month subscription to built to have built best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door I'm telling you, man, it's off the chain. The macros are off the chain. It's one hundred. It's covered in one hundred percent real chocolate. So run to builtmarchmadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March. So hop in and support your pick. Third and final segment here on Locked On Jaguars. I am Tony Wiggins. Making we appreciate you guys making Locked On Jaguars your first listen. Make Locked On NFL Scouting your second listen because no one does it as good as Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, the Draft Dudes. That's right. The Draft Dudes show is a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and it's Monday through Friday, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you check out the Draft Dudes before you do your mock draft to get all of this great information. All right. So when we talk about young guys needing to improve, Travis Etienne, is he a part of that? Yes, he is. What does he need to improve? For me, the first thing is ball security, all right? There were a couple of instances last year where he lost some fumbles. There were a couple of more where he was bobbling the ball, but lucky he was able to retain it, but it could have always gone the other way. I think that has to improve, and I think also we need to take a look at his pass protection or, you know, to see if that's something that needs to improve, but hopefully they're working on that. Some guys are naturally not great at it, you know? I think with him, it just takes a little bit more effort, the mystery for me is why wasn't he in the game in Kansas City in the divisional in the fourth quarter? They had Jermichael Hasty in there. I thought what they were doing, I think he did play in the fourth quarter, but there were some critical points of the game in the third quarter where he wasn't in. And this isn't a Zeke and Tony Pollard situation where you have two guys that are are different, but both of them are very, very uh, good. And Jermichael Hasty wasn't terrible. But this is Travis Etienne. This is the number one pick. And this is a game that if you don't win, you go home. Were they saving him for the fourth quarter? Did he have some problems? Did he Was he a little bit banged up? Is he just not as good at pass protection uh, as other guys? Why did they make the uh, the decision at that time to not have him into the game? That question needs to be answered. But more than anything, it just needs to be a situation where we want him to improve enough that in those critical times, we actually see him on the field. We don't need to see a backup. We need our. We, you need all of your Ferraris on the field. So I'm going to put him down as a candidate that also needs to improve and figure out what that – it's almost too late to ask anybody right now why that happened because the team is moving forward. But it's going to be really, really critical when they start looking at these running backs and, and training camp starts what the rotation is going to be because they added to the Ernest Johnson also and then they may add someone else in the draft. What's the breakdown of the carries? You know, you you have a couple of guys making almost what I would, can say a little bit above the minimum. Are those guys the kind of guys that are supposed to be splitting carries or, or splitting critical carries with a guy like Travis Etienne? I think not. So we'll have to wait and see what's up with that. I know what's up with you guys. You'll be here with me every day on Locked On Jaguars because it's your team every day, and I am your first listen, and we are your first listen here, and we are eternally grateful. Please make your second listen, Locked On NFL Scouting. And until next time, I'll make it a priority to give you the best Jaguars coverage I can. We will be talking with a draft expert. My boy, Dane, will be joining us for tomorrow's show. So we're going heavy on prospects tomorrow. On our next show here on Locked on Jaguars, make sure you stay tuned. Until then, take care of each other, and we'll see you next time.